Hello, and welcome to the Oh My God podcast season two with myself, Zelda Volkov-Lebowitz, and my co-host, Hannah Rachel Cohen Portnoy. In season one, the podcast aimed to talk about success in the face of failure, modern Judaism, and real life. Season two will deliver that same message, but even more potently. Myself and Hannah Rachel have individually and collectively been challenged by the Jewish system we grew up in. Through our evolution, through our questions, our failures, mistakes, and heartbreaks, we have begun to untangle much of what was keeping us in survival mode so that we could truly be set free to thrive. This is what we'll dissect each week with you. The journey, the Jewish journey, real, raw, and vulnerable, because that is the only thing that can truly change lives and maybe even save them. You're just one episode away from being more honest with yourself. Come on and listen. How do we become who we are? How do we continue to grow into who we are to become? These are some of the biggest questions today's guest is asking herself as she continues to evolve. Yochavet Seidoff is a deeply spiritual, creative, divine, and holy woman who has come today to share just a wisp of her wisdom. Yochavet Seidoff is a writer, educator, speaker, and social entrepreneur. After a decade as filmmaker and photographer, in 2010, she founded a grassroots progressive Hasidic school, Lamplighters Yeshiva, that gained international acclaim. She's a mom of five, a meditator, avid dreamer, and willful doer. Welcome, Yochavet Seidoff, to the Oh My God podcast. We're so honored to have you here today. You are a teacher, a mentor, a creative, yeah, just so many things. A beautiful yeah. woman, a really beautiful woman. We're so we're so humbled and privileged to have you here with us. Oh well, I'm really touched. You're both dear friends of mine who I love and respect very much. So the honor and pleasure is all mine. Thank you for thinking of me. So if you can, <laughs> thank you. Thanks. Share with us a little bit about who you are and how you got to where you are today. Mm. A little bit of background. Um, and what you do. Wow. There's this old song from the band Oasis. And I think the, the, the name of the song is What's Your Story, Morning Glory. So <laughs> like, what's your story, Morning Glory? Like, how do we encapsulate people's journeys, especially as, as they're so alive and, and unfolding? Um, I tend to start with my parents. I think that that says something about me, not just carrying my own story but but very attuned to carrying the collective and, and ancestral stories um, my parents are immigrants from Iran and I was raised in a, in a small Chabad community in the Midwest and I think you know from a really young age the the desire the impulse to belong was really strong for me um, it, both in the sense of not feeling belonging and a real craving to experience belonging with others like in community so as a young person I remember really wanting to fit in but also I think belonging with the divine um, more and more I can look back to my younger self and see and feel how much she really felt so at home with with godliness with spirituality with Hasidus with this knowing that there's something beyond me in this world. 
And so I think a lot of my story is about this unfolding of what it is to live from the inside out while still very much in desire for belonging and connection and community building. So um, whether that was through the arts, I was a photographer and filmmaker for close to 10 years. Um, of those 10 years, for three years, I worked on a documentary about Sherman Aguia and, and sexual intimacy. So how we learn about intimacy and, and sexuality is, is also a really big passion of mine, whether it was around healing, there was a period of my life where I was becoming a clinical psychologist and I was really attached to the question, you know, what makes us tick? How do we become who we are? And for a big chunk of time, also in education, and I was the founder and leader of a progressive movement really in, in education called Lamplighters Yeshiva. And I think for me, you know, I could look back at all these different passion projects and myself as an artist and as a teacher and as a meditator and, and feel like there's just, they're disparate. There's like different parts of me, but it's very clear that there's an underlying thread, which is, you know, how do we build community with healing at the center and not just the center of community but the center like my own center like within me like how do i enact live with embody um, manifest healing from the inside out and so a few years ago when my school closed um which was a really earth shattering thing for me not just in my life but in my my identity as well I had to come back to myself, like, who am I outside of all the things that I do and the fancy projects and the, you know, and the external validation. And a lot of what I came back to was myself is, is this identity of, of a spiritual seeker and a healer. Um, I learned Jewish meditation for two years with Rev. Daniel Katz. And um, I got number of certifications around healing and coaching and now I am in a two-year intensive program with someone named Thomas Hubel. Um, it's called Timeless Wisdom Training and it's a psychosomatic mystical model for training trauma for sorry for healing trauma for the individual collective and the ancestral. So how do I harness divine light mystical teachings? How do I harness my somatic field, my body? Um, and psychological principles to heal the trauma of myself, my ancestors, and the collective. And I feel a deep sense of belonging that I don't know if I've ever really felt. The convergence of healing, trauma healing, the ancestral, the collective, the mystical meditation, it just feels so at home in my system. And so... I'm very excited about this next chapter of my life. Um, I, I would call myself now a psycho-mystical depth work facilitator. <laughs> it kind of feels, feels like it's a- Psycho-mystical what? Psycho-mystical depth work facilitator. So I teach classes on embodied mysticism. I have meditation clients. I have one-on-one -on -one clients. I'm starting to do group work. And my husband and I just closed on a 60-acre property upstate. And we're going to- have a micro retreat center for intentional 
gatherings around meditation and movement and medicine and spirituality and yeah so this kind of feels like the impulse of my life right now like this is the the flow wow that is incredible what I love is that this podcast is all about like you know the challenges that we go through recognizing the you know the gift in them and I know how earth chattering it was when lamplighters closed just to hear you today speak about everything that you're experiencing and going through and working through and with and where you're headed with this you know with this new healing I would call it a retreat or it sounds like such a gift yeah interesting because um I I teach these weekly classes and we're doing a a mimer now Hasidic um, discourse on um a couple weeks ago the parsha when the Jews in the, in the in the wilderness complained about the man, and then God sends them these venomous snakes, and the snakes bite them. And then, as a remedy for the the venom, the snake bite, God tells Moshe to to have a stick, a staff, and on top of the stick, put a copper snake, a nachash from Nechoshet, which is like the same shoresh. And so, through like looking up at this copper snake, they are inspired to like kind of look up the divine flow and to have a chuba moment, a, a moment of authentic return. And so it's like through, like they just got bit by snakes, right? Wow. But somehow through the snake, they come to this healing. And it's, and it's an amazing mind where he talks about what the Zohar says that the whole purpose of a soul coming into this world is to transform bitterness into sweetness. Mm-hmm. And we can't actually transform bitterness if we don't allow ourselves to feel the bitterness. And so the pain in life, the challenge is, yes, the mindset is how can we grow and how can we pivot? And But I, what I'm learning is just to even allow the challenging space to breathe in our system is so powerful. And, and healing can be just that, to just even allow ourselves to feel the pain, you know? And the sweetness, who knows what will come? You know, I, I really, I'm very aligned with this knowing that life is cyclical, it's ups and downs. You know, we have our moments where we feel everything is fine and good and it all makes sense. And like, you know, I can see why this, then that. And then there are moments where everything falls apart. And so for me, it feels like aligning myself with that particular rhythm of life. The bitterness leads to sweetness, leads to bitterness, leads to sweetness. And however okay I can be with that flow, that that river is my capacity to feel peace and and a sense of surrender to to god wow that's so powerful that's so powerful because we live in a culture that's so uh at least i grew up in and still so prevalent in my life where it's so scary to to accept whoa things are are not working out and and you know things are all going to hell and things are all going to shit it's so and so it just it's all over the place where it's like she's amazing because she's thriving and she's successful and she's you know unstable and always has anxiety and she's really not good it's like these like black and white spaces it is very black and white it's very should oriented I should be 
And if I'm religious or spiritual, I should be happy. I should feel, there's a lot of shoulds. And I think, I feel like what I'm learning is whatever is is exactly what is meant to be. So it's like, it's so powerful to be attuned with what is. And so if it is right now very challenging, then then that's what it is. And there's endless amounts of compassion. So I love what you said before about like just being compassionate for yourself, for the collective, for what is. Yeah. Really. I mean, I I actually was having this like low level feeling of frustration recently. And I know there's like a lot of change going on in my life. And like, it's, and I'm like, why am I feeling this way? Like, it's so strange for me to feel this way. Like usually I'm functioning on a higher vibration. And then I was just like, just be compassionate. It's okay. I was like, it's okay. It's okay not to be always on a high and it's okay not to be always so happy. And even though I just got married and I'm still happy, I could still be okay just being compassionate with myself because, you know, just there's change or whatever it is. And what would be possible if I wasn't invested in making myself wrong? I couldn't hear you. What would be possible if I wasn't invested in making myself wrong? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely hard. It's a hard shift to, to make where, you know, I was always like focused on action. You know, if I didn't like show it in like my daily activities, like my beliefs didn't matter. Like my feelings don't matter if, if, if I'm not showing it in action, like that's sort of how I was going and how I was maybe raised or how, or, or the environment that I was in. It's like the action. I always needed to like show my efforts or show my my care in, in, you know, action. And I was always into expressing what I'm feeling. And to me that felt like, oh, that's, that's me feeling. But in fact, expressing my feelings is not me feeling. Mm. You know, I can express my frustration and I'm still not feeling my frustration. I'm just sort of distracted by that expression. Yeah. 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 And there's like, there's an intelligence in that part of you that found a way to cope with your feelings by by expressing it, you know, I think that's also, and it's related to the compassion is just the awareness that we're usually trying our best and the tools that we came up with are there for a reason. You know, I remember part of this training is week long in-person retreats that are really, really, really challenging. Um, Just a lot, a lot of process work in a week. And the first one that we had was all about attachment. And we spent a day and a half on belonging and becoming three days on mother and three days on father. And, um, and I remember him talking about, and it's like 200 some people in the room, this mechanism of efforting that if we feel on some level that we weren't seen or heard, our system learns to like have to, like effort, you know, like overexpress or work really, really hard, you know, work really, really hard to get our needs met, our voice heard. Or, and I was just sitting and crying and crying and crying because I was like, well, my God, I am always efforting. Like there's a part of me that is always efforting. And, you know, could I have done it better? Could I have showed up better? Like, and, and, and it's exhausting. When I heard it in the frame of there's this little girl inside that really, really wanted to be seen and heard and like, look at all the ways in which she 
got her needs met. Wow. I, was, I, I, I was so moved, just like, oh, like I'm really resourceful. <laughs> I'm right. really resourceful. I figured something out. I figured out as a young child um, that on some level being sparkly was a way to receive love. Wow. How, for, for the women, you know, women and men, the people listening to this episode on this kind of shift that you've made and that you're embracing and that you're really um, attuning yourself to, and on some level, we, we both are as well. But for people, you know, we get all types of listeners. For people that are still really in the beginning stages of self-awareness, of, of trying so hard to shift the dynamic that isn't working for them but it's still so foreign and it's still so you know outer worldly in a sense to attain to this to this new way of thinking is there you know some way that you or maybe you know some tips or maybe a strategy or some advice that you could offer to people who struggle with you know changing the way in which they they feel about their, their challenges, their life, their predicament. There isn't this like moment of awakening where suddenly it's like, we're awake, you know, like I was asleep and now I'm awake. You know, I think there's so much process unfolding. And even for people who are quote unquote, feeling stuck or they haven't started their healing journey, whatever that means, like just even to bring awareness to the resilience and the courage and the thoughtfulness and what you've already encountered in your life thus far, even if you are feeling stuck or not attuned to this sort of way of being, you know, we were created to be resilient, incredibly strong, dynamic, soulful people, and each in our own way really are. So just to kind of create space for what already is and recognizing that you know, we kind of have these aspirations, like when I get there, then I'll be, and when I become this, then I'll be, but really like, where are you right now in this moment? And how can you bring compassion and love and acceptance for where you are right now? And then I think it's just cultivating sense of presence, um, really learning bit by bit to tune into your inner world. So whether that's pausing, breathing, inserting more space in conversation, slowing things down internally. For some people that looks like meditation, for some people that looks like prayer, for some people that's dance, or it's music, but just how can I bring more attunement and awareness into my inner rhythm? And there's something really powerful about having friends, relationships of people who are willing to be with what is with you. So I'm feeling sad and having somebody, for example, who can hear that and not try to fix and change you, but to really be with what is. I think that a lot of the self-help is, is focused on the self helping the self, but there is something very powerful that happens in the relational space. So whether that's with a mentor or a coach or a therapist or a mashpia or a good friend, like to find someone that can really create, has the spaciousness to allow you to be with what is. 
I feel like this capacity being with what is, is one of the most profound um, passageways to healing, to living a more tuned spiritual life. It's not living in resistance. It's really being with what is allows for divine flow, allows for stronger roots. And it's something we can cultivate. And it's so different than what we're used to in our culture, the way we were raised in just society in general. It's like, we have this like fix it, instant gratification kind of mentality that we're so accustomed to. Like even in this conversation, I feel like this whole, the whole energy of this conversation went like, <laughs> I just feel like this sense of calm on the on this uh, Zoom call, you know? And I'm like hearing the cars pass outside and I just know that, yeah, it's so easy to just be in a go mode. And, uh, you know, something really special about the relationship that I'm in now is he's very in this like just be space and in the beginning it was like I'm used to people telling me what to do and how to do it and he was just like listening and it was even uncomfortable for him not to tell me what to do and then I found so much joy in being with someone that just holds space for me to just be yeah was so powerful yeah and I I mean I do think that obviously there is so much space in this world that is necessary for action and change and 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 Grow, meaning growing as a person requires change. But I do think that at least what I'm feeling, what you're saying, and also what I really feel very much in my soul is that tuning into what is, not change, meaning accepting the reality for what it is, not denying it, making it better, make it more colorful or brighter, really just allowing it will, will um, bring forth, like will sprout, so much more clarity in terms of wow, where where can I take this? What 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 could be next, or what what direction should take? And when we're denying from what is, then everything sort of seems closed off. Yeah, and like imagine ourselves on like a river, right? Like imagine like we're flowing on a river, right? And like the river will get choppy, there'll be rapids, there'll be stiller. And like, what is the best way to flow with? the river is to just like surrender to the river to surrender uh-huh. to the flow like how do we get like wet with the flow of life is that and we could resist it but the resistance isn't actually you know so yeah being with what is is being with flow no one stays in one spot like that's that's like i feel like that's like a that's a fallacy like that's kind of like the fear the the the, the fear mongering like if you're not growing then you're you know no, no one, no one's not like, like if we trust ourselves, then we will, we will gravitate toward a higher self. Like uh, that was really passionate about that when I was in education, like if we trust kids, they will want to learn. Like if you trust someone who's a spiritual seeker and we're all spiritual seekers, they will want to find the truth in their life. You can let them ask questions. Like the system will not collapse if we allow people to be with what is alive for them right now, even if what is alive for them does not look like, you know, I, I, I have teenagers now and I feel this really strongly. I mean, they have their own rhythm and flow in life, right? Like they will unfold. And even if it doesn't look like how I wish it could look sometimes, like ultimately 
what more could I want except for them to actually like allow themselves to be like wet with the flow of life. And I think it's when we have this this sort of scarcity mentality, like I got to figure it out right now, like in this Google, in this moment, but really like, even if we're thinking about just the soul as being everlasting, this is one particular incarnation in one body, but like my soul lives forever. Like it's going to figure things out. It's going to make tikkunim, it's going to grow. And if I have that mindset that I'm walking forever, right? The path- No desperation. There's no desperate, exactly no desperation. I have time for you. I have time for this moment. Mm. I'm not a wish. Yeah. It sometimes feels so counterproductive to just stand still. So it feels like, oh, we need to do, we need to do. Meanwhile, all we're doing is probably in the wrong direction anyways. Or we're so living in a future that hasn't even happened yet instead of actually. Right. Yeah, and it's all our, it's a coping mechanism because some, I mean, I know that I, for, for a very long time and still sometimes fall into this, I, this mindset of literally being just so afraid to sit with my thoughts and sit with my emotions, because yeah. that means I'm going to illuminate some of my darkest fears, some of the darkest yeah. parts. Yeah. It, and it is, and it is really scary. Again, it's allowing ourselves to experience the bitterness. Yeah. It is, it is really hard. I was just away for a week with my husband and we had such an amazing time Went to Italy and Croatia. And there were all these moments where I was sitting there and I was like, I should be happy right now. I should feel the pleasure of this moment. Instead, I'm feeling anxious or I'm feeling undeserving or I'm feeling scarcity or it's really hard to just like allow myself to sit with, yeah, I maybe I should. Be feeling happy or whatever, but actually, I yeah, I am feeling anxious. And then somehow bringing attention to the anxious, to the scarcity, to the unworthiness, like allows us to like even go deeper. Okay, so then what's what's underneath that? What's mm-hmm. underneath that? What's underneath that? And I wouldn't, I wouldn't know if I didn't allow myself to be. Yeah. yeah often it's scary to look at like what's underneath and I think that it's easy to avoid it but I think there's so much wisdom and really and again like you said we may never get to the depth of why we ne- may never get to the depth and the understanding of of purpose always like especially if we're seeing ourselves as like you know just one Gilgal, like one reincarnation right here, right now. And it's like, we're along this like major line and major path. And so even just digging deep could be, could feel like endless, you know, but at the end of the day, I think there is for this, for this, I, I, for me, I feel like as the more deep I dig, the more reward I receive because there's Mm -hmm. so much clarity to understanding maybe where the anxiety comes from or why, you know, so of course there should be, of course not should be. Of course, I like to embody compassion in those moments and to, and when I embody compassion, I can go even deeper, you know? And ultimately, like you said, you know, when when we can see ourselves as this little girl that came up with all these creative tools and ways to cope, it's like, yeah, we can really be understanding and 
and compassionate and loving towards that little part of us that wants to be seen and heard and understood and that it's okay not to always enjoy the moment yeah it's okay yeah yeah when we can create space for that little girl inside we can have more compassion for the little boy the little girl inside the other and yeah and and not every moment is enjoyable no it has to be it doesn't have to be have to be and there's beauty in the bitterness too yeah, there's beauty in the bitterness absolutely yeah wow this is very powerful for me for sure yeah wow you have it is there something that um you could leave our listeners with that could help them, you know, where they are right now. I know that you mentioned it, we, we definitely touched upon it, but to end off this powerful um, conversation um, to, you know, everyone has like a sort of, or many of us have dreams and these fantasies of where their life um, will take them and where it will be amazing. And it often lives somewhere far in the future. And how to really access this this potent moment, which is the present moment that has all of the potential to that we want somewhere far off in the distance, but really being able to have the the compassion and the courage for for ourselves to to step into this moment and not you know live in the future, but to 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 kind of connect to this to this present. Um, moment that's here right now that is yeah I mean for myself just even breathing really it just helps so like I'm I'm like listening to your question and then I, my impulse is just to stop and breathe um Yeah, and I, I think with that breath, you know, it just kind of helps my whole system slow down. Like what comes up is just an awareness that whatever is is meant to be. Uh, I have everything I need in this moment, um, which definitely leads to gratitude. Right, gratitude is a big one. And I, and I, you know, I, 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 I feel like this, like this energy around flow is really important. Just really allowing ourselves to be with what is and surrendering, knowing that it's hard at times, there's no easy fix. There's no, you know, six step process and then we're all healed. You know, there's, this is a journey and, and all we really have access to is is our strength in the moment and in the next step yeah wow thank you Kevin. very powerful thank you so much Kevin, for giving your time and wisdom so graciously thank you so, so much for you so wonderful spending time and thank you for creating the space for people like me and others to dig deeper and, and have an authentic conversation I, I think we all 
our craving for for ways to connect more deeply, to be more seen, and and to know that our personal experiences, however hard, challenging, that they're shared in many ways. You know, we we are all loving creations that want to connect with each other and live our deepest, fullest lives. Wow, yeah. so true, so beautiful. Have Thank an amazing you. and blessed day. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the Oh My God podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform so you don't miss any of our upcoming interviews. If this spoke to you, please share the episode with someone you believe would love it just as much as you did and rate the podcast five stars so we can continue to make content like this for you. If you have a question, suggestion, or interview request, shoot us an email to omgpod at gmail.com. That's omgpod spelled O-H-E-M-G-E-E-P-O-D at gmail.com. Until then, shalom. shalom.